Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, June 14th, 2020. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue. We are planning on starting worship services in our sanctuary two weeks from today, June 28th. At that time, we will be observing our summer worship schedule with no Sunday school and worship will be at 9.30 a.m. Also, there will be no children's chat, junior church, or nursery at this time. This month for Soup on Saturday, we will again have the bag lunch pickup available on a first-come, first-served basis from 11.30 a.m. until 12.30 p.m. on June 20th. Leslie Musselman will be celebrating her 72nd birthday on June 22nd. We invite everyone to send her a birthday card to honor her on her special day. We will send out her home address by email. Check out the church's Facebook pages each week to see a recorded children's message. Prayer requests this week include prayer for Bill McCracken and Leslie Musselman. Once again, we thank those of you who are financially able to mail your offerings to the church at this time. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current in paying church expenses. Also, anyone who has any kind of need, groceries, financial help, or otherwise, please contact the church office and we will see what we can do to help meet your needs. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
us pray. God of wonder, you appeared to Abraham in the wilderness. You reveal your fullness in your son, Jesus Christ. Your spirit fills your people with hope through the peacemaking cross of Jesus. Gather us as Christ's faithful disciples and empower us with his good news. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. scripture lesson today is taken from the book of Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. Therefore 
Since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might dare possibly to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. May God bless to us this reading from his word. Our scripture today was taken from the book of Romans, chapter 5. Chapter 5 of Romans marks a transition to the next section of the book of Romans. Chapters 1 through 4 talked about the position of human beings, both Jew and Gentile, apart from Christ, how we were sinners how we were under God's judgment, how we could not make ourselves right with God. And they show us how God has made us right through faith in Jesus Christ. Chapter 5 through 8 talks about us experiencing in the here and now the benefits of that reconciliation, that justification with God. Through Christ, we have, been, we have been made just as if we had never sinned. And chapter 5, 1 through 11, particularly presents a condensation, a, a summary of what he will be covering in detail in chapters 5 through 8. This passage begins with actually two introductions. First, there is the word, therefore. That refers back to chapters 1 through 4. In light of all that has been declared by Paul in chapters 1 through 4, the fact that both Jews and Gentiles have fallen short of God's glory and we are sinners under judgment, whether we keep the law or not, uh, that through Christ we have been made justified. So therefore, in light of this, and then it has the word since, which meaning this is something that has already happened in the past, it's a completed action. It has benefits for today. It has benefits for tomorrow. But this is a completed action. So therefore, since we have been justified, made as if we had never sinned, we are put right with God, which we do this through faith in Christ. Let us have peace with God. There is a slightly different Greek word in some manuscripts and the meaning there is basically the same it says let us keep on enjoying the peace with God we have through our Lord Jesus Christ 
we have peace with God. This is objective. In the book of Philippians, it talks about the peace of God that we experience in a subjective level. It's not saying that's not real, but we personally experience the peace of God in our lives. But here it is an objective peace with God. We had been at odds with God. We had been at war with God because of our sin. We had said we would be our own gods, whether or not we use those words or not. In essence, every human being apart from Christ is saying, I am my own God, or I worship another God other than the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are at odds with God. We're at war, so to speak, with God. But not only so, God, therefore, while he still loves us, therefore God is at odds with us. God is a God of righteousness, and he will not put up with sin. So there was this war, but through Jesus Christ, through the Son of God, this war has been brought to a conclusion, to a finish. Through faith in Christ, through his death and resurrection, we are now in a state of peace, absence of conflict and of strife. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and we are invited to keep on enjoying this peace as we live each day. But not only is this the case, not only do we have peace with God, but, you know, you can have peace, but still be apart. In the Old Testament, David forgave Absalom for the murder of his half-brother. And he invited him back to Jerusalem, but he said, okay, you can come back to Jerusalem, but you can never see my face. We could have peace with God, but not be able to come into God's presence. But Jesus has done much more than that. Jesus has not only given us peace with God, but he has given us access by faith. The idea here is I can't just walk into the White House and say, hi, Mr. President. I would be arrested quickly by the Secret Service. But if someone who knows the president personally, someone in his staff or some other dignitary who knows the president personally, would come to my aid and say, okay, I will introduce you to the president. Then I would have a proper entrance. I could come into the presence of the president. So to here, spiritually speaking, I had no right or merit on my own to come in to the presence of God. Bible says in the book of Psalms, who can enter into God's presence? We can't because of our sinfulness, but through Jesus Christ, we have been given access Access not just to God's presence, but access to grace. Grace is the state of being forgiven by Jesus Christ and being reconciled to God, made to be his very sons and daughters. So we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. It's a present tense thing. It's not just something we will enjoy someday far in the future, but it's something we enjoy right now that each day we have the right through Jesus Christ to come into God's presence, to offer up our praises, to offer up our thanksgivings, to offer up our prayers and intercessions. We have the right to do this through Jesus Christ. But he says, you know, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Boasting is usually not spoken of highly in the Bible, but that's when we're boasting about ourselves. 
But here we're not boasting about ourselves or what we have done. We're boasting of what God has done for us in that we now have hope in the glory of God, that Jesus Christ one day will return and we will be taken into God's presence. And so we boast in the fact that we have access into God, we have peace with God, and the day will come when we will be ushered into God's presence. But what about the difficult times here and now? And so Paul goes on and says, not only so, but we glory in our sufferings. Now that's not saying we are thankful because we are suffering. It's an, oh boy, I'm glad I have to go through this difficult time. It's saying that in the midst of these things that come in life, our trials, our tribulations, our persecutions, in the midst of those things, we can be thankful. We can have joy because we know that through Jesus Christ, through the Spirit of God whom we've received because of Jesus Christ, God will take the things that happen to us and as we let him, he will use them in some way to draw us closer to God. And so therefore, Paul goes on and says that we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, that we don't fold up, we don't give in and say, oh, what's the use? Rather, we continue to put our trust in God despite what we're going through. We, suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character. We become more and more like Jesus Christ, just as he underwent suffering of many, many kinds while he was here on earth. And then finally, as we develop character, we develop hope. And it says that hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now the idea is here, this is a biblical hope, which is very different than human hope. Human hope is, is based on uh, just fond desires and wishes. There's no basis for it. But God's hope, biblical hope, is a, a, a short foundation based on the promises of God. And so since Jesus died for us on the cross and rose on the third day and has given us new life and has received us into, rec into fellowship with himself and God the Father, then we know that you know, God will take care of us in, every, in each, each and every aspect of our lives on a daily basis. Then Paul goes on, you see, then just at the right time when we were still powerless, we couldn't save ourselves, we were powerless. Christ died for the ungodly. And that's who we were. We were ungodly people apart from Christ. But God has made us, God's, Jesus has made us God's children. It says very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. In other words, you might say, oh yeah, that's a fine upstanding person, but I'm not quite willing to, to, to die for them. But if you say, oh, that's Uncle Joe and and man, he, he, he's been wonderful to, to Aunt Mary, and, and he was good to me, and so I'll run into that fire and try to save him. But here it goes on that, but God demonstrates, he shows us in a practical manner his own love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, while we were far away from God, while we were in rebellion against him, Christ came and died that we might be forgiven. 
that we might be made righteous in God's sight, that we might come into his presence, that we might have a hope for the future. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Then Paul goes on, since we have been now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? You know, that's, that's the phrase of this passage, how much more? Because of Christ, how much more is ours if we would just think on it and reflect on it and give God praise and thanks for that? How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? The idea is, you know, I, I know I've talked to, to Christians through many years of being in, in, in the pastorate, and uh, I, on numerous times people said, well, you know, I hope, when I come to the end of this life, I'll go to heaven. You know, And by hope there, they mean human hope. It's a wish, it's a desire. But we have much more than that. We have the fact that because Christ died on the cross, because he rose on the third day, that by his shed blood we have been forgiven and made God's children and have access to his presence. And he is there in heaven right now at God's right hand, praying, interceding for us, that because of this current action that he's doing, we can know that when the day comes and we leave this world, be it through death or the return of Christ, whenever that day comes, we don't have to worry about the day of judgment. It's already been taken care of in our part. Jesus Christ is the one who has died for us. He is the one who bore the punishment that was due to us because of our sins. We can face the future with assurance because of Jesus Christ. And this whole passage reflects the three different aspects of salvation. You know, first, I have been saved. I was, in a sense, you could say I was saved the day I put my trust in Jesus Christ. And, you know, you might not remember exactly what day uh, the date was or day of the week or even the year, but you know if there's at some point in your life that you've put your trust in Jesus Christ, that you have made him the Lord of your life. And once you know that, you know you have, you know, despite the fact we so, we so often fall short each day of God's perfection, that God, as we come and say, God, forgive me, I, I've blown it again. Help me by your spirit to do better now. Uh, as often as we do that, we are made right with God afresh. And we have the hope for the future that when Jesus comes, and we, you know, so I have been saved. I am being saved. Each day, God is working in my life to make me more like Jesus. It, it, it's in the title of a book, it says three steps forward and two steps back. Some days we make pro, seem to be making progress and becoming more Christ-like. There's other days when we seem like we're moving backwards. But all, overall, as time goes by, we find those words of Paul to the Philippians come true. That he who began a good work in us will carry it on to the day of Jesus Christ, which is the day of Christ's return. And then I will be saved. The day is coming when we leave this world, be, be it death or be it return of Christ. When we get that day, then we've been, we'll be given new bodies, 
bodies that can no longer suffer pain, no longer can get sick, and no longer are even tempted to sin. The day is coming when we will be, will be redeemed, will be saved from all the power of sin and death. And we look forward to that day. And so we boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts for prayer. From you alone, Lord Jesus Christ, comes the authority to heal the sick, cast out demons, welcome the outcast, and even raise the dead. Therefore, we are bold to seek your power and ready to claim your grace. We pray that you would heal the sick. We think particularly of Bill McCracken, and of Leslie Musselman, and of others whom we remember in our hearts and in our lives. We pray that you would touch with compassion all those who suffer. Speak the word that will make them whole. We ask you to cast out the demonic. Banish the powers that oppress your people. Bring peace to troubled hearts and minds. We pray that you would help us to welcome the outcast. Open the doors of your church to all. Gather the lost and bring them home. We pray raise the dead. As you broke free from the grave, destroyed the power of death forever, give us new life in your church. Nothing is impossible for you, Christ Jesus. Let these signs of your coming round be manifest in our world today and in our lives, for you are our Lord and Savior. And we join now in praying that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Now as you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. May the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the Spirit's peace be with you always. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen.